morning, All Shore. So good to be here with you this morning. I want to invite you, if you're in the room with us, to stand and join as we uh, worship together this morning. And I'm just reminded of uh, the opportunity that we have together in this place to just come together with one purpose, and that is to bring honor and glory to Jesus' name. And so just as we worship together this morning, let's get our hearts in a place of readiness for what the Spirit of God has for us in this place. And just be reminded that He wants to do something in each of us today. Let's sing together. Cry out, 
valleys. Your presence is enough when I feel the least. I will stand my ground. Your presence is enough. You are with me. Father, you for me. Fear will never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. I'm never alone. I'm never abandoned. Fear will never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. I belong. When I feel
more than we even get. God, you are so for us, and there's so much going on in this world, and I'm so grateful that you are the foundation, the rock on which we get to stand, the one we can lean into, the one we can grab hold of. God, you are for us. We are not abandoned, and God, right now, I just ask that your spirit would just set right on each one of us in this space, in this room, online, wherever we are sitting or standing. God, you would speak to the deepest parts of our hearts and all those things that we are concerned about or this is on our minds. Just remind us where you are all the time. All the time. We are never alone. In Jesus' name.
God's love isn't dependent on us, isn't dependent on how we feel or what we do, but it is a pursuit of our heart that he gives us. As we go to a time of prayer this morning, I know there's a lot of heavy things this week, and maybe you'd like to take a seat so that we can pray specifically with you this morning. So you can go ahead and do that. We are also honoring those veterans who lost their lives in service to this country. So if you have a loved one or someone that you know that you'd like to honor by sitting, we wanna be praying over you as well this morning. Let's take some time to pray. God, we are so grateful that your love pursues us no matter what. It doesn't matter what we've done or what we've said or how far we've tried to run away from you, but you come running right after us and we are grateful, we are thankful. God, you're pursuing hearts this morning as well. And I pray that those who are seated because they need a touch from you this morning, God, that you would draw in close, that they would feel your presence, that they might even hear a whisper, that they might feel in their hearts that you're close by. God, we pray for those that need a healing touch this morning. We ask that you would reach down and that you would heal places in our bodies that need you 
God, we pray for relationships that need mending, that, Father, you would bring your love and your presence into those places. And for those who need guidance and direction and resource, Lord, that you would bring it. Father, this morning, we're just grateful for those who served in the armed forces, God, who've lost their lives in service to us. God, you said there was no greater love than someone would lay down his life for his friend. And Father, they have done that, and we want to honor and recognize their service today. And Father, those who lost loved ones, God, would you draw especially close? Would you bring comfort and peace to their hearts today? God, we know there are others who are still serving from our midst. And so, God, we ask you to place a hedge of protection around them, that you would keep our armed service men and women safe from harm, Lord, that you would protect them even when the bullets fly, that supernaturally you would go in and spare their lives. And God, there are others who had service men and women who did come home and we're grateful for their service today as well. Would you bless them? Would you let them know that we're thinking about them today, that we love them? Father, we also think of the Karis people. And Father, we just thank you for the missionaries that go and put their lives in harm's way to bring the good news of Jesus to the Karis people. Father, would you bless them? Would you bring abundance to their ministry? And would we see a great outpouring of Jesus followers coming to the Karis people? God, we love you. We thank you for being present with us this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. And if you're here with us in the worship center, you may take a seat and turn your attention to the screens. To the brave men and women who stood up for freedom, who answered the call and fought for our nation, who paid the ultimate price and never came back. To the American soldier, we thank you. To the mothers and fathers who raised a hero, to the brothers and sisters with an empty space, to the sons and daughters who have only memories, to the wives and husbands who bear the void with pride, to all who've lost a soldier they love. No gift could repay your sacrifice. No tribute could match our admiration. No word can contain our gratitude, but still, it deserves to be said, we remember you, we salute you, and we honor you today. Well, I want to welcome you here, whether you're here or watching online. Thanks for being with us 
on this Memorial Day Sunday. We're glad that you're here. And if you're a guest with us, we want to get a gift into your hands. And the best way for us to do that is for you to take your phone camera and point it at that QR code. It'll pull up a connection card, and we just ask you to fill that out. And let one of our staff get back in touch with you and get you some information and get you a gift. If you're here in the worship center, though, this morning, you can stop at the connection point, which is out there by the prayer room. And someone will greet you and uh, ask your name and get to know you and give you the gift in person. We would love to do that. I also want to remind all of us that are not new here that you can use that connection card to update any of your personal information, and you can also use it to get our weekly e-news. It contains lots of information and information about activities coming up, so I don't want you to miss anything. If you don't already get our e-news, uh, fill that connection card out so that you can get on our mailing list. Well, this is a time in our service where we just pause a minute. And we recognize that as we give back to the Lord, that is a part of our worship. And if you are a guest with us today, there is no expectation for you to give. We're just grateful that you're with us. But if you did come prepared to give, you can do that either online or there are giving boxes by the entrances and exits when you leave this morning. And Tuesday is the last day of our fiscal year. You can give right up until then to help us close the gap on the deficit that we have this year. And then June 1, we'll start out with a new fiscal year. So thank you for praying with us. Thank you for giving. Thank you for supporting this ministry. We appreciate you. And now take a look at the screens for some more announcements. Hey church, our summer semester for groups launch Sunday, June 5th. Our online directory goes live the Sunday before over Memorial Day weekend, which means that if you're wanting to join a group, you'll have a week to email group leaders, ask about their group and hopefully get plugged in. We say that our groups are free market, which means that you can start a group almost around anything. If you're passionate about something, if you want to um, include other people, it can probably be a group. Uh, we know that good things happen when people get together and build relationship with each other. So whether you're wanting to go through um, a book, whether you're wanting to do an activity every week, whether you're wanting to go deep with a few people, or whether you're wanting to meet a lot of new friends, our groups are as diverse as we are. Here's what we know. Life is a team sport, that we can't do this thing alone, that we are better together. And so whether you're wanting to lead a group, launch a group, whether you're wanting to join a group, we would love to help you get plugged in to the right place for you. And so go to allshores.org slash groups or email groups at allshores.org today. Well, hello, as I 
go backwards through my slideshow. If any of you were wondering whether I am, whether I can multitask, this is proof. Okay. Happy Sunday, everybody. Happy Memorial Day weekend. So glad you're here. My name is Evan, and I just want to give a shout out to all of you who are joining us. It's our Coopersville campus, our Muskegon campus, all of you who are joining us online. Come on, Spring Lake. Can you give your church family some love? We love you. We're so excited you're here. Well, man, I'm, I am so excited to be up here. We are closing out this series called The Resurrecting Now. I'll um, get, get to more of that in a little bit. But I do just want to um, echo what's been said. We want to honor and thank those who have given their lives and those families or friends or important people who have an empty space at the table. And so we honor you today. We're with you today. We don't run past that. Um, we've been in this series, Resurrecting Now, for the last five weeks, and it goes through, it's gone through Romans chapter 8. And so if you've missed any of the um, past ones, they've kind of built all along each other. I'd encourage you to go back. They're worth it. Um, but we're going to kind of finish out um, Romans 8 today. But before we do that, we pause every week to remind ourselves that the same God who inspired these words is the same God who's with us today. And especially in the month of May, which can be a crazy, hectic month, I, I truly believe this, that God has been waiting for the moment for all of us to slow down enough where he, when he speaks to us, we could actually hear him or sense him. And so I just want to encourage you just to take a moment to silently affirm that whatever God wants to say to you, that you want to hear it, and then I will pray for us. God, we thank you so much for this time that you do not have anywhere else that you need to be, that you didn't need to send anyone in your place, that wherever we are, whether it's a room, watching on a phone, car, listening later throughout the week, um, family room, any of our campuses, God, you have the ability and you choose to show up in person. And so we just honor that today, and we do. We pray that you would open up our hearts and open up our minds for the word that you have for us today that you would speak to us. You'd give us the wisdom and discernment to hear you and ultimately the courage to obey you. And it's in Jesus' name that everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Well, it was this past Tuesday that I sat down with, a, with my smaller group of guys for the last time. I, we've been in this discipleship group together and we've been in this a year. And it was, the last, it was our last meetup this past Tuesday. And we went to the same place and we sat in the same booth and we talked about all the different ways that our lives have changed over the last year. One of them has since welcomed their first kid into the family. We talked about how our um, spiritual journeys have grown. We've talked about how our time with God has shifted and ultimately how our trust with God and with each other has grown. And for a moment, it was this holy moment where we were able to look back a year, same booth, different us. And we're also able to look forward into who we wanted to be, how we wanted to continue to grow, and we were able to see both. And early in the church, every Sunday was designed for that. That every Sunday was focused on the resurrection of Jesus. That because Jesus was resurrected in the past, how should it impact how we live this week? 
And that was ultimately the focus of this series that we've been in. This is the sixth week. Easter was six weeks ago today. And this series launched out because it's, it's been asking the question, how do we live differently in light of Jesus's resurrection? Or ask differently, and this is the question that we're going to spend the rest of our time trying to answer together. What are some of the ingredients to the type of life that Jesus' resurrection calls us into? What are some of the ingredients to the type of life that Jesus' resurrection calls us into? And to answer that question, we'll be in the last few verses of Romans 8. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week in verse 31. Here it is. This is Paul. He, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome. Paul's one of the most avid um, Jesus followers after his death and ultimate resurrection. And he's writing to a group of people who he's never met, but who he's trying to encourage and instruct. Here's what he says. What then are we to say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? You see, Paul is recapping what we heard last week when, when Pete preached. He's recapping all of the amazing things that God has put in store for us as, as Christians, as Christ followers. Things like, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. We read verses that said, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Pete's big idea was that the Spirit helps us be conformed, transformed into the image of Jesus. And instead of Paul saying, you know what, I think they got it, he actually loops around. And this whole next chapter flows out of it where he is just hitting the same message again and again in different ways. He's, he's trying to say to the church in Rome, God has given you so many good things. Don't you know that he's on your side? He already gave you his son, Jesus. Don't you think that he would give you everything else that you need? Almost as if to say, what are we so worried about, church? What are we so afraid of? God is on our side. And the reason that Paul has to say it in so many different ways is because for so many of us, we struggle with believing it. He goes on in verse 33. He says, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? For it's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. For Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised back to life, is at the right hand of God, and he's interceding for us. I hope I can encourage you this morning, church, because some of you, when you think about God or when you walk into whatever room you did before you flipped on the laptop, before you walked into one of our campuses, is that this thought, week after week after week, just keeps hunting you down, that God is someone who's against you that he's out to get you, that he's out to punish you, that he wants to turn his back on you. That, and what Paul is trying to say is, listen, God is not against you. The one that you feel like is against you, he's actually the one interceding for you. He's actually the one advocating for you. That the, God is not your accuser, he's your ad, advocate. He's not a prosecutor against you, he's your defending attorney. See, some of us, our understanding of God is so filled with fear and distance that it's all we've ever known. And so we've settled to politely do life on our own and not to bother him. 
We don't want to come to him when we're weak. We only want to move towards him when we're strong. We don't want him to enter into our mess. Here's the first ingredient that you and I need to see, that we need to have in order to have the type of life that Jesus' resurrection calls us into. Here's what Paul's pointing towards. Boldness that doesn't entertain fear. What does the type of life look like? Because of Jesus' resurrection, what do we need to know? We need to have boldness that doesn't entertain fear. It's almost like Paul's painting a picture of Jesus sitting next to the Father, God the Father, and he points different people out and he says, you see her? He's like, I know she's struggling with anxious thoughts today. Could you give her an extra measure of your peace today, Father? Hey, hey, look over here. You see him? I know that he's caught in another shame spiral. He needs an extra measure of your grace. Can you make sure to do that as soon as possible? You see, you see this couple that just keeps fighting, that's, that's just attacking each other? They need a life-giving presence in their life. Can you actually send someone into their midst to help them? The very one that you feel like is against you, he's for you. He is actively interceding on your behalf. And I think this is why so many of us deep down don't really want to spend time with God. That if we're honest, we're already so aware of our own shortcomings, of the, of the ways that we fall short, that we don't have it all together, to, to stop and spend time with God as we are would be opening ourselves up to the world's most intense guilt session, that we think that God in his infinite goodness whatever time we would carve out with him would just drudge up areas of brokenness and sin to throw it in our faces. And so we fill our time with other things, good things, in order to avoid an angry or disappointed God. Some of us need boldness to get back up. Some of us need boldness to move towards God, boldness that comes from knowing that God is on our side, that he's not against us, he's for us. You may say, Evan, maybe God is for me, but I know someone else definitely isn't. And that's where Paul goes next. This is verse 35. He continues, he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, God, we face death all day long, and we're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. See, it's great that God loves, loves us. It's great that Jesus doesn't condemn us. It's great that God is for us, but what about the hard things that you and I have to walk through? Where is God in that? What, what, what about all the oars in life that we experience you see, the place that Paul quotes from, it's this quote, it says, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Paul is actually pulling from a different place in scripture from Psalm 44, which is one of the most blistering psalms in the entire Bible. And it really is, it's a psalm of accountability to God. It's the people of Israel saying, hey, God, you promised to take care of us better than this. And here we are, being killed, being slaughtered like sheep, all while you sit and watch. Where are you? You know what I find amazing about this verse? Not just that it's in Psalm 44, but that it shows up here a second time. What I find amazing about this verse is that, obviously, this passes the test. That God allows us to talk to him like this. 
that he's not afraid of our emotions. He included it in his book. Why do I say that? Because some of you have never been given 100% honesty towards God. You've never been given permission to be 100% honest with God. That if your faith were a picture, it would be you walking around on tiptoes over eggshells. That you feel like you have to keep everything in other, so that God doesn't know that you're upset. Can I encourage you? God is big enough for all of your emotions towards him. He is. You see, Paul's not afraid to let God experience what he's experiencing because he's had experience with a lot of different ores of life. Let me just recount a couple of the things that Paul describes that he's overcome on his own journey. He says, five times I received 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. I've been shipwrecked three times. I've spent a night and day drifting in the open sea. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. You see, Paul went through hell and back, and somehow, some way, he came out of the other side still wanting to love, believe, and follow God. That Paul has felt what he quotes here from Psalm 44. He's felt like for God's sake, he has faced death all day long, considered as sheep to be slaughtered, and he still wanted to follow God. Here's what I want to know. What did Paul know that we need to know? What did Paul have that we need to have? And and he actually talks about it in one of his last letters to the church, one of his last letters to us. It's it's in the book of Philippians. Paul writes it from prison, and he writes it to the church in Philippi. This is in chapter 1. This is what Paul says, talking about all the different things that he's walked through. He says, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that what has happened to me will actually turn out for my deliverance. He says, I eagerly expect and hope that in no way will I be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul had hope in the midst of the oars of life. And here's where I just want to pause. Because some of you, what you're experiencing, what you're walking through in life right now is nothing short of devastating. And I'm not going to list it here because the list is too long, too many to count. But some of you are in a place of devastation and depression today. That you smiled on the way in, but if you're honest with yourself and with God, you're not okay. Can I just encourage you, church? Paul gets that. He sees you. You don't have to offer a light and cheery response this morning. But for some of you, life has trampled you. Life has derailed you. Life has beaten you into a shell of who you once were, that you are angry and afraid, that you are beside yourself. You're so far deep down into a hole, you don't know if you'll ever make it back to see the light of day. You're lost. And you need to know this morning, is this it? Are my best days behind me? Is there anything else that I have to live for? That's the question that Paul asks. Who will separate us from Christ? Hardship, distress, persecution, 
famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? This is Paul's answer in the next verse. This is Romans 8, 37. This is what he says. He says, no. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Here's what I need to encourage you with today, church. Is that if you have breath in your lungs, if you have a pulse in your veins, God has more for you. That you do not have to be afraid that your best days are behind you, that God has more for you. Here's the second ingredient that we see this, towards a type of life that Jesus' resurrection calls us to. Here it is. Hope that isn't dictated by circumstance. Hope that's not dictated by circumstance. Do you know that you can feel lost and still be loved by God? That your emotions don't have to dictate the truth about what God says, that you can feel lost and be loved by God. Some of you, some of you need boldness to get back up. Some of you need boldness to move towards God, knowing that God is for you. Some of you, others of you need hope. You need to know that God is coming to you. That you don't need to crawl out of the hole that you find yourself in. You don't need to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You don't need to grit it out. You don't need to do things on your own. God is coming to you. That God is on the way. That he has not left you. He won't forsake you. He has not abandoned you. I know that some of you are blinded by pain, confused by loss, stuck in addiction, that your heart is fractured and your life is a mess. But can I encourage you today? God is on the move. He's coming. Don't give up hope. Here's the last two verses that we see. 38 and 39. Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God takes all the oars of our life and he puts a no in front of them, in front of every single one of them, that there's not anything, there's nothing that can disqualify us from God's love, nothing that can separate us from Christ, nothing. And this is the hope of glory, our salvation, that nothing can get in the way, nothing can pluck us out of his hand. Here's the third ingredient we see towards a type of life Jesus' resurrection calls us into. Here it is. Love that is not intimidated by death. You know, there's a reason that in verse 38, the verse we just read, that Paul lists death first. There's a reason that, that he's trying to assure the Christians in Rome that even in death, God is with us. It's because whether Paul knew this or whether God was laying a foundation for the Roman church through Paul, is that in a very short time, some scholars think that, most scholars think it was probably between Paul writing it and it, going to Rome and being read for these men and women who are living there is probably six years until an emperor named Nero would start a fire in Rome in the capital city that would burn for six or seven days, burn over half of the city, that ultimately this Roman emperor would blame this huge, huge fire on a small band of people who called themselves Christ followers, which would kick off 250 years of on-again, off-again persecution, where likely 
these men and women who are hearing this letter from Paul for the first time would endure incredible and horrific persecution because of their faith. And here's what they needed to know. Here's what God was setting a foundation for. Here's what Paul, after everything that he's gone through, needed them to know, that even death is a place that God's love can go. That death is not a finish line for God's love, that it goes so much further, that God's love for us has no end, it just keeps on going. God's love is like an anchor, that the waves may crash and the tides may swell, but God's love holds us secure. That God's love is like the roots of a deep, deep tree. That the wind may blow and the branches may bend, but the roots of God's love hold us in place. That God's love is indestructible, but it does not make us invincible. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I don't know what I will lose or what I will endure, but I know in the end that I will not be disappointed. This whole time we've been trying to answer one question. What are the ingredients to the type of life that Jesus' resurrection calls us into? Here it is. A life marked by boldness, fueled by hope, and rooted in love. A life marked by boldness to get back up. Fueled by hope that isn't dictated by circumstance and rooted in love that, never, that will never let us go. What is Paul trying to communicate to the church? What is Paul trying to communicate to us? He's saying, don't be afraid. God is on your side. Don't give up hope. God has not abandoned you. Keep taking steps towards God. In the end, you will not be disappointed. You might say, Evan, this is great, but what do I do? What do I do this week? What do do I do come Tuesday? Because we're all going to take Monday off. Let me just give you three simple things, as simple as I can make it. The first would be this, lean in. Some of us, our posture towards God is perpetually leaning away. That if God wants to get a hold of us, that he's God, he can do it. Can I just encourage you? What would it look like for you to lean in? What would it look like for you to intentionally carve out some time so that God could speak to you? That he has so much to say to you. He has so much that he wants to give you that he he doesn't want time with you just so he can drudge up all the things that you do wrong or throw it in your face that you're not who you should be. What could your life look like if you would carve out five minutes a day to lean in? Here's what I know. Memorial Day weekend, this is, this is the weekend that we honor those who have given their lives in service of our country. It's also, for those of us who are in West Michigan, the weekend that kicks off the most looked forward to season of the entire year. Amen? The clouds are gone. The snow is never coming back, at least for three months. And it's summer. And it's not intentional I don't think any of us would say it's intentional, but if we just let nature take its course, what do most of us do? We leave our faith in May and we pick it back up in September. Because there are so many things for us to do, so many good things, so many fun things, so many um, life-giving things, that there's boats and beaches and camping and ice cream and all of those good things that if left to our own devices, 
If no one else intervenes, we know what this summer looks like, that we'll pick things back up in September. And can I just encourage you that God has so much more for you than that. And if you and I were just to carve out, for most of us, if we were to carve out five minutes a day, intentional time where we are spending time in God's word or where we're praying, whatever we're doing, that would actually be a big step for most of us. And I just want to encourage you, please lean in. That's the first one. The second one is this, hold fast. Some of you need boldness to move towards God. God's not mad at you. He wants to spend time with you. Others of you, just getting here or turning on your laptop or flipping open your phone this morning was enough. Some of you are in a season where you're just holding fast. And if that's you today, wherever you are, can I just encourage you? That's enough. There are some seasons in life where we don't get ahead. There are some seasons in life where we don't take ground, where we don't make progress. There are some seasons in life where we just hold fast. And I just want to encourage you, church, that is enough. That if, if, if that's you this morning, if that's you today, I just want to encourage you, you can't do this alone. That you need people around you. You need to be a part of a team. You need to be a part of a tribe who is doing life with you, encouraging you. I'll get, I'll get back to more of that in a moment. Lean in, hold fast. Last one is this, lock on. Now, this is true for most of us, unless you are incredibly adept at walking backwards. For most of us, wherever our eyes are pointed, that's where our feet go. Wherever our eyes are pointed, wherever you're locked onto, that's ultimately where our feet take us. And can I just ask you this morning, what are you locked onto? There are so many good things, so many fun things, so many life-giving things, but I'm, if I can encourage you to fix them on the face of Jesus, my, my prayer would be is that a month, two months, three months, six months, a year goes by, and you would have a holy moment where whether it's the seat that you're sitting in or the place that you're watching, that you'd be able to look back and see how your faith has changed. See how your life has changed. See how your relationship with God has grown because of a couple of small choices that you made to move in the right direction, to lock on to the face of Jesus. He doesn't require us to do it all in one sprint. He just invites us one step after another. Here's my last question. What's your next step? I don't know what it is. But what's your next step? Maybe for you, your next step would be to join a group. That groups start up next week. Our online directory goes live today. This is a picture of our online directory that if you go to allshores.org slash groups and you go down to, to find a group, this is what you'll look like. And there's a whole list of groups in all of our different communities where you can have fun with other people and build relationships that could last a lifetime. People who could encourage you, who could pray for you, who could be there for you. Maybe this is your next step. Maybe your next step. Maybe you want to take a step, but you don't know what it is. Can I just encourage you? We have this thing called the journey. We started it up this year. It's brand new. And it, it's great if you are newer to the church, but it is not just for people who are newer. That some of you have been coming to this church for years, and you would still say there's a part of you that feels disconnected. And can I just encourage you? Next week... The first Sunday in June is step one. 
here at the Spring Lake campus. And it is a great place for you to kind of orient yourselves and find out how you can take a step. The first four steps, the the journeys consist of four steps and they happen on the corresponding Mondays of each month. The first four fun, the first, well, you could call them fun days, but the first four Sundays of every month, step one, two, three, and four. Can I just encourage you, if you need some help, if you're wanting to take steps deeper into our church or in your faith, you should come to the journey next week. It happens at the 11 o'clock hour every, the first four Sundays of every month. We would love to have you. You can go to allshores.org slash the journey to know more. Next Sunday, Celebration Sunday, we are celebrating all that God has done over the past year. Our church year goes from June to May, and God's done some amazing things in all of our campuses and in our church, and we're going to celebrate it. We don't want to run past all that God is doing right now, so we're going to have some delicious things to eat at all of our campuses. We would love to see you there. We're going to have a blast. What's your next step? I don't know. What I do know that God probably has an idea for your life. And I just want to create a space. I don't want to run past this where we could create a moment where you could just communicate with God. And maybe you've never done that before. But can I just encourage you, he loves you. He wants to speak to you. He doesn't want your relationship with him to look the same forever. He has so much more of himself that he wants to reveal to you. And so with, with heads bowed and eyes closed, let me just pray for us. God, we look to you today. And we thank you for your word, that your word reveals to us who you are, that so many of us have so many things attached to you that weren't there because of you, just from being a part of a broken world, from the family that we grew up in, from from what we've seen outside of ourselves. But God, you have so much that you want to share to us share to us. You have so much you want to teach us. And so God, I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice at every campus and every home and every car, God, that you would highlight what you're wanting someone to take a step in, that it would just be a nudge, that you would direct their minds towards something that is going to bring new life into their relationship with you, that we all have a step we can take. Pray that you would do that in Jesus' name. And I also just want to take a moment. There, there are some of you who walked into whatever room that you're sitting in, clicked on the phone, opened the laptop, walked into one of our campuses, and you would say that when you walked through these doors that you did not know what a relationship with Jesus looked like. So I just want to take a moment. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not even going to ask you to stand. But I do want to know who I'm who I'm praying for. And so if if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ today, will you just slip your hand up so that I see you? If that's you today, I just want you to pray this prayer. Pray it in your own way. Say, God, I hear you calling to me. I hear you inviting me. And I just want to accept the invitation. I'm so sorry for going my own way. I'm so sorry for insisting on my own path. And I just pray that you would forgive me, that you would wipe me clean, that you would apply Jesus' sacrifice and his redemption to my life, and that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit and help me live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. 
And we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen Amen and amen. Well, I just want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, wherever you are, can you just let us know that, that life is a team sport, that we're not supposed to do it alone, that God has designed this body, he's designed the church so that we can do life together. And so just go to that QR code again or to allshores.org for the connection card. And there's a spot on there that you can mark my decision today. We would love to come alongside of you this week and to walk with you. And we are, we're gonna um, worship in response to God's word and we're gonna um, partake in communion in a moment. Um, but why don't you stand and let's, let's end today as we sing this song in response to who God is. Higher than the mountains that I face Stronger than the power of the Constant in the trial and the change One thing remains One thing One thing remains Your love Your love never fails and never gives up It never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love.
On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered his disciples together. He wanted them to remember, and he actually instructs us as a church, we do this every Sunday, to remember the one who died and was resurrected for us. And so you probably got one of those little communion packets on your way, and if you didn't and you want one, you can grab one now. But he took the bread, and, and the bread that they would have used would have been really thin, like a wafer, like you have. And the reason that it was so thin was it was to symbolize Jesus' sinless life, that he was the perfect sacrifice. And he took the bread, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Take this, all of you. And so we do that together. And after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this symbolizes my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. He wanted them to know that Jesus was not about to do what he was about to do for a faceless crowd, but that it's personal, that it's for me and for you, that we are not exempted from God's love. And he said, drink of this, all of you. And so we do that today as well. Let's sing the rest of the song together and then we'll come back together. Celebrate God's love. out your hands, I would love just to give a benediction for you as we leave. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may he go with you, and may his face shine upon you. May he give you boldness, that he's for you, hope that you will not be disappointed, and love that will never let you go, and it's in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, and amen. We love you, church. Have a great weekend.